And we're back here live in the studio with Kathy, and we're doing that. Do I still, am I still mispronouncing races? Raices. Raices. Uh-huh. Raices. I've got, okay, raices. Get uh-huh. this gringo talking it right, okay? I'm sorry. Well, I, you know, I do that sometimes where I just don't quite get it. It takes me a couple times, and, and people have to slap me across the head. You know, it's just, yeah. Well, but um, I think we can come back and do a show on that, on the mispronunciation of things, because I know here in San Marcos, when a lot of the Hispanic people would speak, um, they wouldn't get the places that they were talking about correctly in the English language. And so there was places that you, you know, you would hear somebody say uh, Valle Yonce. And if you didn't know where that was, well, that was Valley Johnson. So, yeah. But most people got the gist of what it was that you were talking about. Well, and so. we still have that with uh, San Marcos versus mm-hmm. San Marcos. Yeah. Okay, I actually had somebody on a legal document uh, misprint, uh, misprinted as Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. U.S. I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, you know, now people pronounce it that way. But it is, you know, and, you know, there's always that one. There's also, but Texas is famous for all of these, mm-hmm. you know, bear, you know, people outside of here, Bear County, mm-hmm. you know, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And they, they mispronounce it as B-E-A. And you can tell when somebody isn't from here just because of that San Marcos, you yeah. know, when, when they're uh, doing an ad or pronouncing things. Okay, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you know that guy's not a native. Uh, we'll talk about that on another <laughs> show, but I would like to start us off tonight and uh, with a proclamation, okay? The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection here to four existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their homes and work for wages. Now, this was on June 19th in what year? So uh, we know that Abraham Lincoln um, did the Emancipation Proclamation of September 22nd of 1862, but it didn't become federal law until January the 1st of 1863. And that news did not um, get received by the slaves here in Texas until June 19 of 1865, when Union Major General Gordon Granger arrived delivering the General Order Number 3. And he arrived in Galveston. In Galveston, right? uh-huh. And so it, it took a while for it to get across Texas, and, you know, this was a, uh, a slave-holding state, and so there was, you know, not a lot of jumping up and down to pass that word along. It took a while for it to get out. Well, e- even if you look at the way that the proclamation is written, once it, it got here, it says the freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their homes and work for wages. So who's going to set those wages? So you're basically considered free, but are you really free? Well, the other thing that's interesting there is that it is the fear was of riots, the fear of uprising, the fear of retribution. And so, you know, that's that remain quietly, you know. And and so, you know, this is there was all of this unknown, you know, after the end of the Civil War uh, about how things were going to uh, 
uh, pan out. Yeah, how are you going to move forward? Um, you know, what's going to happen with the, the people once they're free? Where are they going to go? Because all those things, as you say, were still unknowns. So the show today, we're, we're, we're you know, this is all of our community, all of San Marcos. And, you know, we are uh, going to highlight uh, the Juneteenth. And now Kathy wasn't able to get anyone to come in today, but she has all sorts of stuff from different people to go into this show. And so, you know, it isn't always going to be the Hispanic source, you know, but keep in mind that this community is, you know, of both. And we have a, a we've had a regular Juneteenth parade, Juneteenth celebration for many years. So 28 years. 28 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what we're going to be talking about here. I just want to kind of yeah. set that. So uh, I had asked David, David Peterson to come on to the show, and he wasn't able to come, but he did send me a wealth of information as to what's going to be happening next weekend. Uh, with the uh, Juneteenth celebration here in um, in San Marcos, but before we get to that, I uh, you know Linda Jefferson Hobson sat in on a lot of our meetings when we had the the meetings for the show, mm-hmm. for the radio station, and so she sent me uh, a little synopsis. And and folks, this is six years ago. Yes, yeah. it's just a, okay. <laughs> so I guess do you want to read where it starts at a uh, large celebration? Why don't you go ahead and read okay. it and get some So large celebrations on June 19th began in 1866 and continued regularly into the early 20th century. The African Americans treated this day like the 4th of July and the celebrations contained similar events. In the early days, the celebration included a prayer service, speakers with inspirational messages, readings of the Emancipation Proclamation, stories from former slaves, food, red soda water, games, rodeos, and dances. Wow, red soda water. Now, that's interesting, you know, because everybody, you know, this is something when you come to Texas, <laughs> right, is, you know, what the heck's the red soda? You know, and I, I, I'm interested to see that pop up there. Yeah, and uh, it's... it's uh, Interesting also because I see a lot of uh, red soda associated with Texas barbecue. Yeah. So they say you come to Texas and you have to have Texas barbecue and red soda water. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it goes on to say that Juneteenth declined in popularity in the early 1960s when the civil rights movement, with, with its push for integration, diminished interest in the event. Uh, Representative Al Edwards, a Democrat from Houston, introduced a bill, House Bill Number 1016, passed in the 66th legislature. Re- in the 66th legislature regular session, declared June 19th Emancipation Day in Texas, a legal state holiday effective January the 1st, 1980. And so, um, I want to thank Linda for sending me that that info. So it gives us a little bit of background uh, about the Emancipation Proclamation and the holiday that was established to celebrate Juneteenth in the state of Texas. And, you know, again, this has been a regular event here, you know, coming to to San Marcos uh, that, uh, you know, we've had ever since I can remember, you know, this is the 28th annual barbecue cook-off will be held on Friday, June 17th and Saturday, June 18th at the San Marcos Park Plaza located at 206 North C.M. Allen Parkway. Okay, and uh, uh, 
Peterson will be there, I'm sure, with yeah, his barbecue. Well, yeah. So um, he is the uh, foundation chair for the Juneteenth Foundation. Right. So, yeah, he'll be there in full force. Well, and he always does the barbecues. And uh, he just did a fish fry, you know, not too, uh, a couple uh, weeks ago. Yeah, they've added the fish fry. This is their second year, so they've added that also as a fundraising event. Yeah. So uh, go out and check that out again. And I'll, I'll mention this at the end, is that the 28th Annual Barbecue Cook-Off will be held on Friday, June 17th. They're now on two days. And Saturday, June 18th at the San Marcos Park Plaza at 206 North C.M. Allen Parkway. And that is uh, um, uh, there at, uh, oh, shoot. Is that across the street from Veramendi Plaza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the old police station used to be, and I guess it's the Parks and Rec building? Yes, yes, there you go. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's at. So they've, they've got a, a, a great slate of things that they're going to have. So on Friday, the start time is going to be 1 p.m. until 10 p.m. Uh, and Friday night, they're going to have a cook-off competition uh, of pork chops, and that's going to be in the youth, youth competition, and that's going to be held at 7 p.m. And then they're going to hold the fajita competition, so they'll have a competition for beef and chicken fajitas, and that'll start at 8 and so uh, all throughout the events, there will be food booths available on site, and they're going to have DJ music being played uh, Friday night. And uh, arts and crafts, they're going to have arts and craft vendors out there. So uh, Friday's events also include uh, a cake auction. You know, they're, they're well known for their cake auctions. They've had those for many, many years. Um, and so they will, once again this year, have their cake auction, and that's going to start at 530 uh, and it's going to be held over at the San Marcos Activity Center, and that's also going to be on Friday as well. Well, make sure somebody gets me some flyers I can put up in the window here. If they, I'm sure there's some flyers going around. So, uh, uh, Justin Peterson, if you're listening in. So, yeah, uh, and you'd be amazed as to, as to how much money those cakes get. You know, I, oh, I've yeah. been to several of the ones that they used to hold over at Dunbar. And I'd go in and I'd sit, and some of those cakes go for, you know, $100, well, $200, $300. You know, have you done a wedding cake lately? I mean, they're <laughs> it's not expensive, cheap. yeah. Yes, and uh, you know, we've got some great cake makers here in town. So then on Saturday morning at 8.30, um, they're going to have a Unity Walk. So if you want to participate in that, um, head out over there to the corner of LBJ and MLK at 8.30 in the morning. And um, I think what's do they have a name for that area right there where they have where they used to have that um, was it the crosswalk of LBJ and MLK? D- is there a particular name for that area? No, it's just uh, uh, it's they've got it's the MLK monument is right there. Okay. Okay, and it is also uh, industry uh, is there is the bar and there's and and now there is a beautiful. Uh, uh, You'll see the uh, big, uh, beautiful uh, mural that is on the wall there. That uh, we did the dedication for that, uh, and again, that's a good diversity, uh, <laughs> you know, one there that uh, uh, local artists and uh, that was done through uh, uh, local art grants. Okay, so it's going to start there at, the, at that at that corner, and I think it's going to walk. I think they're going to walk down to Park Plaza. Yes. And then um, Saturday uh, from noon to 5 p.m., the LBJ Museum will host the Arts and African American Portraits Display. And um, it's going to be open to the public, and uh, you can go in there on Saturday, like I said, but it's also going to be available for viewing on Monday, June the 20th, from noon to 5 p.m. 
So if you don't know where the OBJ Museum is, it's located on, uh, is that, let's see, what side of the courthouse? On El on uh, Guadalupe Street. It's actually on Guadalupe. Yeah, Guadalupe yeah, it's Street. just down the street from us. It's mm -hmm. on South Guadalupe, right across from the courthouse. And... Uh, uh, right next to the Plasma Center that isn't open. But <laughs> yeah, and if you haven't uh, had a chance to go to the museum, uh, stop by. They've got a lot of really interesting things there. And so um, I'd be, um, I think I'm going to go by just to see what they have there. Cause oh, yeah, and then by. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. uh, it, there's some really neat interactive ones. Um, they actually had stories from local people that you can go <laughs> there. Hopefully that exhibit is still working. They were having a little bit of difficulty with it. But they, uh, and it's something I asked them about, uh, getting the it's recorded of a lot of people that have now passed away, mm -hmm. but it's uh, their stories uh, having to do with civil rights and the time of LBJ and you know just those kind of things. And then uh, so we'll move on to the Saturday festivities there at the park, and so uh, they're going to have competitions which include a bean competition, chicken, baby back, and spare ribs, cobbler, and brisket. And so the beans uh, will start at 11. At 12.30, they'll do the chicken. 11.30 will be the baby back and spare ribs. At 2.30 p.m. will be the cobbler. And at 4 p.m. will be the brisket. She hesitated. I got it. I'm laughing because it's it was a typo on that clobber and brisket. Now, I'm just thinking... Wow, you get to clobber the brisket. What a competition <laughs> there, only in Texas, you know. Uh, but no, cobbler, cobbler. It's good stuff. Yeah, and so uh, uh, go on by, you know, go on by. I know um, Seal Concrete is going to have, he's going to sponsor two teams. So go by and say hello to Ernie Anderson, uh, who's going to be uh, hosting one of the teams. And it's always a good time. Please come by. Uh, let's participate and help the Juneteenth Foundation move along if you're interested. Um, they are a 501C. Um, they do have a des designation for 501C. And uh, if you're interested in making a monetary contribution to the foundation, uh, get in touch with David Peterson. Well, and... Okay, so uh, make sure that you get in touch because there are uh, food booths will be available too. So uh, you know, get in touch. You can be you can be involved and help out. So um, yeah, let's take a quick break. Uh, we got through that part of it. This is KZSM Riasis. Uh, I got it, uh, and uh, we're gonna be right back with you. Hey, here's a good one for today. I'll tell you what. If you're out there without sunscreen, oh man. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message 
from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The 12th annual Texas State International Piano Festival will be held from June 4th through June the 11th and will feature daily performances by young pianists, guest artists, and rising stars from all over the world. The festival is designed to foster students' artistic development and create an international network of musicians from varied backgrounds. Performances on June 4th and June 11th will feature pianists accompanied by the Central Texas Philharmonic at Texas State's Performing Arts Center located at 430 Moon Street. Parking is available behind the center. For free tickets for these two events, contact Marianne at lifelonglearningsm at gmail.com or 512-216-6427. For more information about the festival, contact Dr. Jason Kwok, Distinguished Professor of Piano and Director of the Piano Festival at jk45 at txstate.edu. Hey, hey, it is that time again. Texas State University is having the National Summer Transportation Institute, NSTI for those in the know. That is a free two-week residential program from July 10th to July 22nd. Applicants must be a dedicated rising 9th, 10th, 11th, or 12th grade student, have a minimum of 2.5 cumulative grade point average, and then the participants will be selected for the NSTI based on their academic achievement and expression of interest in transportation as a possible career choice. Applications must be submitted no later than June 19, 2022, and students will be selected for the program and will be notified by June 25, 2022. The NSTI program is sponsored by Federal Highway Administration, Texas Department of Transportation, and Texas State University. For more information, please call 512-245-1826. Again, that's 512-245-1826. And let's talk about the Texas State University's National Summer Transportation Institute and how that figures into your child's life. Yes, we're back with you. Just some great stuff you can do during the summer, and uh, we're glad to help some of these folks. Uh, uh, you know, and if you have a um, uh, if you have a, a group or uh, want to get uh, the message out, make sure you uh, send us a message. Uh, KCSM uh, at Sam Marcos at uh, uh, at Google dot com. And uh, okay, so. Kathy, you know, this week we're, we're talking about the stories of uh, Juneteenth, and uh, which we've got that uh, event coming up on, uh, you know, next weekend. And, you know, it, it's, these are the areas that are shrinking, you know, and that's what we're trying to kind of talk about is some of these neighborhoods. And it, it's, you know, Dunbar neighborhood has been traditionally African-American. And that's what it's been associated with after the, uh, you know, after uh, emancipation, uh, that you had a lot of the freed slaves and freedmen, and, and we also had a lot of freedmen. Uh, you know, before Ollie Giles, uh, if if I would have, I wanted to get her on here before she passed away. Ollie was the best resource, you know, for these things, and I kept trying to get her down here. Kept trying to get her down here. And uh, so it's just the knowledge I have with talking with her. And a lot of the, uh, uh, there were freedmen that were here in San Marcos. And part of the San Marcos Cemetery 
was owned by the freedmen and uh, by the slaves. And well, they weren't slaves. They were already, uh, they had came here and settled and they hadn't been slaves. They, you know, or they had been free to other places. And so there always was a, uh, a connection here. Uh, but then after the uh, uh, emancipation, you know, and after uh, we had the Juneteenth, uh, uh, a lot of people settled in old uh, homes uh, right on the edge of where you would have had a lot of the area that you would have had, uh, um, you know, been able to grow things, you know, uh, you know, fields, better fertile soil, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, you know, that area, though, has traditionally been thought of as uh, African-American. But I think, you know, you, you want to make a point here on this. Yeah, well, I, I want to talk before we, we go on to that segment. Oh, okay. uh, you know, you were mentioning about all the things that, that are found in um, Dunbar. You can go down to the Calaboose, and I, I highly recommend that you try to take um, – uh, go to the museum and look at that. They've got a lot of really interesting things there at the Calaboose. And then, of course, we all know about Dunbar and how D Dunbar came to be. And the they have a, uh, is it an old school house there on the property? On uh, At Dunbar? At Dunbar. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, and that is the one that they are, mm -hmm. it is behind the Dunbar Center. And that is one that they are, uh, now they have some money to uh, uh, get it. Uh, mm -hmm. The city has money. Uh, to uh, uh, fix that up and to and restore it, okay. And uh, so the Dunbar neighborhood, of course, played you know a, a large role too with the civil rights movements here in the area. We had a lot of uh, really good people who advocated for the African American community there. You know, Reverend Washington, uh, you know, sat on our uh, school board for many many years, and he was involved in a lot of things. He sat on the Community Action uh, Board of Directors, and of course, you know, you mentioned Ollie, and uh, Ollie was really good at documenting things, and she was a genealogist, oh, she, and, yeah. you know, you should see uh, the volumes of work that she left behind with the genealogy. Uh, hopefully, maybe we can get uh, Linda and Brenda to come in and talk to us about, you know, uh, being children of activists like that, because Ollie was just about in anything and you know you can look at um city council um oh, meetings Lord. and you know if she thought something wasn't right she was not afraid to get up there and speak her mind so yeah i, I still remember you know i i got involved when we started talking about the flooding and uh, uh when we started talking about the development there on uh, hunter road and she came down there and she would just be so sweet she's honey I'm going to tell them the way it is. Mm -hmm. She just would go in there and listen. They're going to be flooding. You know, if what do you think that dam is there for? You mm -hmm. know, it's going to come around. And, you know, you put stuff below that and you are asking for trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, we had Johnny Armstead, who was instrumental, oh, yes. you know, with the, with the Calaboose. And um, Harvey Muller. Oh, you know, Harvey, who advocates, well, yeah. Juneteenth with yeah. the barbecue. Holy crime. And Harvey out there was so... Harvey was so funny, mm -hmm. and he'd just be out there at that Juneteenth at the barbecue. It's so funny. Yeah, and you, and you, can't, you can't drive on MLK without um, recognizing the Cephas house. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Dunbar has played a, an important role in, in the city of San Marcos. And I don't know when the neighborhood uh, was established. 
and so that I, you know, I want to do a little bit more digging to see when when the neighborhood uh, was brought up, and maybe I'll uh, get with the city, and they can give me uh, the plats and when the neighborhoods were were established. But but the reason I included uh, the Juneteenth celebration and want to talk about this area of, of town is because. Last week when Mrs. Garza was here and we were talking about the Victory Gardens area, she happened to mention that she lived in Dunbar off of Fredericksburg Street. And so I am going to deduce that if, going by what she said, if um, Victory Gardens was uh, platted, say, in the early 1940s or mid-1940s. Yeah, it was right. She was talking about the war right area. before the war mm -hmm. happened that there was only a few houses there. So it had to have been 42, mm -hmm. 41. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to assume that her family lived in the Dunbar area in the, you know, maybe late 1930s, 37 yeah. to about 1940s. So they were there in that area. And so that kind of gives us a little view as to what was actually happening in, in that Dunbar area. And um, I found a um, census uh, from 1930. And so um, on MLK where Mr. Cephas was, there were quite a few of Hispanics uh, living in, in that area. So um, I, I find it um, a little interesting because so we now see uh, here in the 1930s the Hispanic and the uh, African culture, you know, commingling in this area and living, you know, as as good neighbors. And so um, I'm curious to see how long, you know, we talk about gentrification and encroaching, and I, I wonder how long it was before the Hispanic uh, population started to move into this uh, area that, that we know as Dunbar. Yeah. And, you know, these are the sources of history. This is stuff we like to dig up, you know, and because the history is important, especially mm -hmm. as this uh, as we're changing so rapidly here mm -hmm. in uh, San Marcos. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Calaboose Museum is located in the historic uh, black neighborhood of San Marcos, Texas, just across the street from the Eddie Durham Park and the Cephas House. Now, the Eddie Durham Park is, Eddie Durham was... A uh, the first electric guitar player. He played with uh, big bands, and uh, he uh, the park. If you look at it from the top, is the shape of a guitar, and so it's really neat there. And then the uh, uh, the Cephas House uh, is uh, Ulysses Cephas was a blacksmith and leader within the African-American community in the Dunbar neighborhood of San Marcos. This neighborhood was home to many influential residents, including composer Eddie Durham, who uh, pioneered many of the elements of jazz and swing music from the 1930s to 1950s. Uh, in response from residents, the neighborhood expressed concern about the loss of many of the original historic properties in this neighborhood. The city of San Marcos purchased the home with funds from the community development block uh, grant and uh, it is uh, uh, it's a beautiful place but next to it is the other project that uh, we uh, finally got some pro some money on is the church the church you know mm -hmm. and so uh, that is the next one so there's a lot of funding going on to try to preserve this which I'm glad to see this I'm wondering how many other things we're missing here in the city. You know, that's such a beautiful building, and if anything in San Marcos needs to preserve, that's the next thing to preserve. 
And yesterday I drove by and there were a bunch of uh, younger um, kids out there. Well, I'm going to say not kids, but adults. And they were walking up this, that staircase to take photos there. Yeah. So, you know, I think with all, I, I'm not, I don't know if it's graffiti or if it's just art that, that's a, in front of the church, but they're out there taking photos. And so there's a lot of value to that, to preserving that particular uh, piece of, of property yeah. and building. Well, let's take a quick station idea break and uh, shout out, hey, Ashley and uh, Rebecca and uh, John and... Uh, Rebecca, we're talking about some things that uh, you may remember about the uh, old church. And, you know, this was something that we were saying at the time, you know, when we moved here, that, uh, man, that needs to be preserved. And, you know, finally, finally, we're doing something about the, uh, but we're just, you know, this is the problem of uh, preservation here in the hometown. So, uh, Ashley, hey, how you doing today, girl? Um, Let's take a quick station break here, and uh, we'll be right back with you. Okay, what makes this true community radio? KZSM expresses San Marcos in all its beauty, diversity, and quirkiness. We have shows about food and about feminism, about wrestling, books, movies, politics, veterans, sports, and aliens. And all kinds of music. Reggae, heavy metal, oldies on vinyl, and local live bands live in the studio. It's like Texas weather. If you don't like it, stay tuned. It'll change. Our programming is produced entirely by volunteers using donated equipment, assisted by dedication, imagination, and love. But those don't pay the rent, the electric bill, or our other expenses, which is where you come in. Please find the Donate button right there on the webpage and help sustain this true community that we all share. Anybody out there interested in chess? Join us at the San Marcos Local Chess Club. We get together every Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the San Marcos Public Library. All levels are welcomed. Everybody is welcomed. All ages are welcomed. It's a really chilled environment just to enjoy and play some chess all together. My husband, Alex Hussey, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was playing man in foot patrol and I slept on the bomb. Lost my legs and my left hand in an explosion. And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. There are so many mountains to climb and we do it together. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. Seeing Alex learning how to snow ski, that's life changing. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. Alex did it. He skied down this mountain. That's something he won't forget. With the right support, there are no limits. To see him on that slope and smiling like that, we'll be taking this home. This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Alex Hussey, thank you for your service. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Hey, hey, it is that time again. Texas State University is having the National Summer Transportation Institute, NSTI for those in the know. That is a free two-week residential program from July 10th to July 22nd. Applicants must be a dedicated rising 9th 
10th, 11th, or 12th grade student have a minimum of 2.5 cumulative grade point average. And then the participants will be selected for the NSTI based on their academic achievement and expression of interest in transportation as a possible career choice. Applications must be submitted no later than June 19, 2022, and students will be selected for the program and will be notified by June 25, 2022. The NSTI program is sponsored by Federal Highway Administration, Texas Department of Transportation, and Texas State University. For more information, please call 512-245-1826. Again, that's 512-245-1826. And let's talk about the Texas State University's National Summer Transportation Institute and how that figures into your child's life. You know, even if you don't think they're going to get into transportation, okay, give your kids something. I mean, this is the university giving you um, some great resources. And, uh, you know, hey, they go down there, they, they learn, you know, who knows what spark that is going to ignite, all right? And uh, maybe something new, but it is, it, I'm sorry, I'm having problems with the voice today with the heat. Um, but it is a way that you can get your kids, you know, some local resources for some really cool programs. It's right here in San Marcos, so uh, check that one out. Hey, um, what was the other one? Uh, and you talked about the census, right? Mm-hmm. We, did, we did talk about that from uh, uh, the, Mex- uh, the showing person the Mexican culture living in the vicinity and close to Ulysses uh, Cephas House. So I don't know if this neighborhood uh, was all black at one time or when the ones started encroaching into the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and that's why there is a lot of development going on. And, you know, there's other areas that we just need to make sure that we are recognizing here yes so in the in the 20 you know in the late 1920s you know there was that place that they called the beat and there were all the african-american restaurants that were in that area the barber shops the grocery stores and they they talk about even a skating rink uh, down in that area so and this was on mlk mlk yeah and so i think you you kind of start to see um as things started to move in and there were also some hispanic businesses in there i know over at the um I think it's a park and rec building that's going to be renamed now and i think it's going to be called uh, espinosa i can't remember what her first name is but she had a lot of businesses up you know up and down mlk she owns some um properties or rental properties and uh oh, her name was pauline and she had a grocery store called pauline's grocery store right. so you know you, you you see that interactiveness within the both the hispanic and the african-american community e- even at that time um and I think that gives a, a good perspective as to how culturally, you know, you can blend those things. And you didn't have that in other neighborhoods. So I think um, Dunbar was uh, unique with, within itself. Well, there's a lot of things that, you know, we talked with our guests last week, uh, Ms. Garza, that, uh, you know, about learning mm-hmm. about so many of these different buildings and things that are not there anymore. And, you know, recording that. You know, and you talk about the beat. Okay, mm-hmm. 
I don't have anything. I've got MLK Day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what is the beat? Mm -hmm. What is that area? Now, maybe if I go down to Cephas House, mm -hmm. I mean, not Cephas, if I go down to Calaboose, mm -hmm. you know, they probably have something there that's a resource they could tell us about. And we'll probably try to have them on in a future show. Yeah, you know, we talked about the casino, and you said you had found the, the, the sign oh, yeah. over. So, you know, those are things. You know, we get people to come in, and they tell us things that, maybe we did not know or things that you know we have forgotten about that's those connections mm -hmm. and that's what we're doing here is uh you know with this show and with the radio station is mm -hmm. building those connections out there for people mm -hmm. and i went and i had lunch with someone um thursday and we were talking about um the, the neighborhood and um he happened to mention something and i said i i, I had no clue and so we're starting to see the gentrification of, of, of the neighborhood. Um, I remember when I was much younger that we would drive down MLK and so, um, you know, where Mitchell Street is. And, you know, as soon as we hit that little ravine that's there, you know, Mrs. Williamson lived in the little house there. And then, you know, Mr. Calvin was there and then Miss Vicky was there. And, you know, they're, they're all gone. You know, the kids didn't stay in the homes. You know, things get sold. And then you keep moving on. And, you know, you, you don't see that, that interactiveness, that all these kids that lived in the neighborhood, all, all that is gone. Well, look, we talked about the Miss Soto uh, and the sale of her home that's down there. And, no, it was, you know, this is nothing uh, mm -hmm. that I'd really want to, to have. And, mm -hmm. you know, my guest uh, in here for Revolving Door they just bought a home, and they are over in uh, uh, um, Bryant, okay? And uh, uh, she was, you know, we're talking, you know, a foreclosed home, you know, between one hundred and $200,000. Mm -hmm. We were talking last week, 400000 mm -hmm. for this piece of property that's in a flood zone, mm -hmm. okay? You know, okay, so others around there, what's going to happen is that their taxes are now going to be based upon that. Okay, if it sells at that, but I don't think it, but, you know, who knows? And you have investors that are coming in that have to put their money in some place right now. And real estate is the one thing that goes up. And uh, it was interesting that uh, uh, in uh, Austin and all around Texas, that uh, Austin was the, the worst one, that 50, or no, I'm sorry, Bear County, 51% of sales of uh, property were for commercial, right? You know, it was not commercial, but it was commercial buyers. And we're talking residential properties. We're not talking. So, you know, it was conglomerates. It's, you know, people, this is what they do. And, uh, you know, this is, and it, it, we're not off. I mean, you know, all the other cities in Texas and all the other cities, this is what's happening. And go ahead. Yeah, and, and as they're moving in, um, they're bringing with them um, a, a shared concept of what they want their particular property to look like. And so if you go down MLK and you see the homes that have been bought and how they're changing, even San Antonio Street, you go down San Antonio Street and uh, the neighborhood is just quietly changing the, the, yeah. the colors you know, in the neighborhood are changing. You're starting to see these vibrant blue and green and orange, red colors. And I drove down Holland Street the other day, and I hadn't been down Holland in quite some time. And I, you know, the the person who was riding with me on the passenger seat was going, "I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it because it's it's just changed so drastically overnight." 
the, yeah. the homes are changing. They're, the remodel of them is looking totally different. Well, and that's another area that was Hispanic, mm-hmm. was up off of Holland Street, mm-hmm. up on the hill. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, the Sotos had a little store there for a good many years, uh, right there off of the uh, Holland, right behind where the... Uh, uh, fire station is in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, that little neighborhood is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, off of Alamo Street, right? And at that little corner of Holland and Alamo, um, there, Mr. Martinez had from L and M on MLK right. had a little taco stand there. Yeah, and then from there he moved down to uh, Thorpe, is it Thorpe Lane? And then from Thorpe Lane he moved down here to MLK. And you know, I, I just, I, you know, that's, uh, and that was it. Is they. Uh, as the Sotos got older, you know, I know that that was, you know, they just, eh, you know, you, you do certain things for so many years mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, you, you give up, you, you know, it's a lot of work mm-hmm. to run a store, mm-hmm. you know, but there was another one of those little, you know, we have those stores that we're missing now that we had in the neighborhoods. You know, we've talked about that. There's yeah, and we're, and we're gonna left. do a story, we're gonna do, do a story on yeah. that, you know, the, the stores that were in, um, the neighborhoods, Victory Gardens had about three or four of them. I know the G's yeah. had, you know, several stores. The Gonzaleses also had stores. And so, yeah, those things are slowly, go, you know, going away. The La Paloma, I think, over in uh, Vario Pascal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone's... And now, it's going to be interesting to see with the rise in the price of gas, mm-hmm. people are now walking and are now, whoops, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to drive someplace, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but, you know, going back to, you know, the young people in these that, that would normally take over the homes after the parents, you know, got older. And they'd be there with their parents and, you know, they'd watch the kids. Uh, now it's the parents are going off to other places. They're looking at, you know, if you're looking at three to four hundred thousand dollars, you know, I'm sorry, you know, economic. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I'm going to go find some other place to live for that much. You're you're almost forced to to live the community that you're living in, and go someplace else. And so, yeah, taxes you know, are going to taxes are going to eat your mm-hmm. life. You know, that's the difference of almost two thousand dollars a year to, to three thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You know, between something that would normally be a hundred and fifty thousand, which is what you know these homes were going for the eighty to a hundred thousand. I remember back uh, the the city had some uh, programs to uh, buy property and buy some homes. Uh, and, you know, this was back uh, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and, you know, they were not going for, you know, they were going for 100, 120. Yeah, and you even see in, in the gravel area going towards the dead end, all the little homes that have been uh, bought there and uh, remodeled, those homes now are 180 in, in, on, on Gravel Street. Well, I saw many years ago when they were showing the uh, uh, pictures for what they were looking at doing out by the uh, Justice Center and how they were going to lay that out. And they had a, that main road going right through Purgatory Creek and connecting in there on Gravel Street. Mm-hmm. And I questioned them on that. I said, you know, what's going to happen is everybody's going to be using that as a cut to downtown. Mm-hmm. That's going to tear that neighborhood up. Uh, they still haven't done it, but it is—it's on somebody's map mm-hmm. there somewhere, because they, you know, the developers 
uh, want that. Uh, they're working on the area out there. There's more homes going up out there. Uh, we're talking off a of Wonder World stagecoach, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. little area there mm -hmm. uh, behind the Frost Bank. There's some smaller uh, uh, homes that are going up. I, I think they're condos mm -hmm. uh, uh, across from apartments. And so this is what that's going to be is all that kind of development. I think. And I don't know um, how long you've been in San Marcos, if you even remember but they're on Gravel Street. Um, if you're coming down Gravel, like you're going um, towards Valley Street, right. uh, there used to be a road there that that cut yes. to yeah. to um, uh, Guadalupe Street, and and I remember that because we used to go down that road all the time because Adelondo's grocery store was uh, right uh, on that street. So you'd take that street and then you'd go straight to the grocery store from there. But for whatever reason, the city closed down that street, and I find that kind of ironic now that there's such a big push to try to open up all that area again. Yeah, and I think that was for flooding, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm pretty sure that was, I do mm -hmm. know where that was at, mm -hmm. because I know where the, uh, I have came to San Marcos, but I'm really good at recognizing the ghosts. I'm recognizing, you know, I can see where these roads used mm -hmm. to be. I can see these things. And it's like, whoops, there was something here. And I usually go and I'll ask somebody mm -hmm. and find out. But yes, it's a good mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. And that is, you go down Gravel Street and you cut up now uh, into uh, Valley. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you would have just gone straight on Gravel, yeah. Mm -hmm. You would have gone straight into Guadalupe Street. <laughs> Funny story is we were doing a hike one time uh, early morning and here was this car that somebody had evidently stolen and ran it all the way down there thinking it was a street and got it stuck in the mud and mm -hmm. stuck in the, ri the river there. We had to call mm -hmm. it in the police. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, funny story on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so yeah, you, you're starting to see the gentrification. The, the faces that were familiar to me when I was younger are no longer there. And, you know, the, the kids have moved on. And um, I, I told Nick we, we uh, drove by there, and you know in the evenings you see a lot of people uh, over on the ball courts, and you know at one time you'd be able to drive by and you knew all, all you know all the kids from the neighborhood that were playing, and they're all new faces and of all different types of denominations. You know we, we you know we, we, we drove down there and there were a couple of Asian boys playing basketball on the on the on the courts and it was like oh I never thought I'd see that but you know there they yeah. were and so it's a a, a different you know a, a different animal down there now in uh, Dunbar. Yeah. We're going to take a quick station ID break uh, this is KZSM.org True Community Radio and uh, you know it is 103 in the basking uh, uh, I don't think it's got it 104 I'll check again here on our break but uh, man it's uh, hot on the pavement out in front of us here. KZSM.org, True Community Radio, and uh, Riasis, and uh, we are going to be back with you here in just a minute. The Lifelong Learning Organization of San Marcos fosters pleasurable personal growth by offering a broad range of stimulating and engaging courses for self-fulfillment. Subjects range from courses in art, art appreciation, history, science, writing, literature, geography, and many more. Each course will be presented by members of the community who are rich in their subject knowledge and are excited to share what they know. Whatever your age, you'll find courses to fit your interests and you'll interact virtually, well at least for the time being, with instructors and fellow learners who share those interests. 
If you're interested in possibly becoming a presenter with lifelong learning, or you have ideas for topics to be offered, or you just want to find out more, please contact Marianne Reese at lifelonglearningsm at gmail.com or you can call 512-216-6427. Don't miss the 76th Wimberley VFW Independence Day Rodeo. All your favorite rodeo events plus mutton busting and calf scrambles along with food and merchandise vendors. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, July 1st through 3rd at the VFW Rodeo Grounds on Jacobs Well Road. Gates open at 5.30, mutton busting at 7.30, and the rodeo starts at 8. Tickets available online at VFW6441.com. Be part of this Wimberley summer tradition. Come on out to the rodeo. Yee-haw! Oh, Dee and Steve had so much fun. That's just a fun PSA here. I love it. And, uh, and uh, that's what our family does here. KZSM.org, True Community Radio. And uh, Kathy, uh, we're going we're coming down to the end of the show here. What, what do people need to know? Well, well, first I, I want to ask, you know, last week when we had Mr. Garza here, Mrs. Garza asked him to name someone who she was trying to remember. And he said, I don't know his name, but they call him Rabbit because everybody in that generation went by a nickname. And so I've heard stories about a um, blues musician that lived in the Dunbar area, but nobody can tell me his name. Everybody calls him by his nickname. So if anybody out there in Radio Land knows who Gummy is, please let me know because I want to do a story on him. And then the other thing is, you know, we've got Father's Day coming up. We, we're not going to have a show next week. But I'd, I'd like to say that for myself, um, you know, having uh, the mother and the father that, that, that we had growing up and the relationship that I had with my dad, I know that uh, a lot of people don't have those type of relationships, but you can always mend a relationship. So uh, be good to your fathers, love your father, uh, mend whatever broken bridge you have because once they're gone, they're gone. And you you may miss out on a lot of stories. You may fi- find out things that, that you didn't know. And so, yeah, please do that with your dads. And then um, we have a show the following week, and we're going to have someone from the Indigenous Institute of Culture. We're going to have a live show, and we're going to have an encore show, so you can catch one of our other shows uh, previously recorded next mm-hmm. week. So just make sure, you know, you can still, if you missed us last week, uh, you can hear us again. Okay. Yeah, and we have a lot of good things coming up for July, so yeah. And uh, just a shout-out to a couple of our people that are listening in uh, here. Yeah, so we have somebody listening to us from Kyle. So, Paul, if that's you, hello. Thank you for listening to the show, and I'll be getting in touch with you. Um, I've got some good leads from you, so thank you so much. I appreciate that. And if the Lottos are listening in San Antonio, shout-out to you guys. Thank you for the support. All right. And uh, Ashley, thanks for listening in up there in South Dakota. And, uh, folks, we're done with our uh, show for tonight. Unless there's anything else you want to add? Uh, I'm I'm good to go. All right. This is KZSM.org, True Community Radio. And, um, Kathy, can you just give me something here at the end of the show about, uh, and I can always put in some music or something, but just uh, tune in every week. Uh, Give me something, and I can use it as a uh, promo for us. 
Can you give me just a tune in? Ah, we'll come up with it while we're down. Okay, we'll be back. That way I get the music together. We're going to get this, you know, hey, it's the content, not the packaging. All right, we'll be on back with you next week. Uh, coming up next, uh, later on tonight, we've got Radio Theater. And uh, right now, we've got uh, one of the first of the radio theaters uh, here uh, uh, coming up next. So, uh, glad to have you with us. And, uh, y'all, stay cool out there. Stay hydrated. Bye.